And uh, let me get my Bible and go with me to the book of James. And uh, James, I, we have finished a series in here um, on the Baptist distinctives. And, and then I gave you a couple of things, just some practical things on the last couple of Wednesday nights, trying to think about, um, you know, decision making and how do we kind of navigate the world. And, uh, and then we talked last week about fear and faith and fainting. And, and so we're always looking at those things. But James chapter number three. And we'll look at a few things together. So won't you pray for us? I'm not sure exactly where we're going next on Wednesday night. Uh, I'm considering preaching uh, uh, some, uh, through some different uh, books and just praying and asking the Lord to guide us. And I enjoy our Wednesday night Bible study time together. And I enjoy studying for it and, and preparing for it. And so I just want you to pray with us about that, the Lord guide us on that. And then at the end of the service, I'll make a couple of announcements about Master Club and, and about our, what we're trying to do for the teachers and, and all those type of things. James chapter number three. Now, if you were here in 2015, I preached through the book of James. How many remember everything I said? Uh-huh. I don't quite believe you. Uh, but one of, the, one of the things that we think of on the book of James is this subject of wisdom. And uh, what we need today more than ever is wisdom. You know, we've, I said to you, we try to look at some practical things about uh, making decisions a couple of weeks ago, and then we, we're talking about the world and all those type of things. Well, you have to have wisdom. And so tonight, for a little while, I'm going to talk about a wise man in James chapter number three. But uh, before we go to James chapter number three, I'll remind you in James chapter number one, verse number five, it says this, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Now, on the outset of this message, we have to understand some things that the only place to get wisdom is from God. Now, we can get information from lots of places, some true, some untrue, some valuable information, some not so valuable. But the only place to get true wisdom is from God. And Proverbs chapter number 4 and verse number seven says it this way, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. So if we get God's wisdom and we get wisdom from God, then it sets the stage for everything else in life. And so now with that in mind, I want to remind you God's high price on wisdom. Go with me to James chapter number three. And we'll confine ourselves here to uh, the subject of wisdom. Now, normally when you get to James chapter number 3, you think you're talking about the tongue. And it, 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 there's a parallel here, and we'll get to it in just a minute. We talk about the, the tongue and, and bridling it and, and how that it can be that way. And how we're to bridle our whole body if any man can tame the tongue. But notice in, in verse number 13, the Bible says this, Who's a wise man? And endued with knowledge among you. Let him show out of good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if any of you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there's confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then it's peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy 
and good fruits without partiality without hypocrisy and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Now, I want you to notice a few things with me tonight, just two or three things about this subject of the wise man or the one who has wisdom. Uh, notice the first thing you find this is the meekness of wisdom. Now, we find that exactly in the back. It is the exact opposite of what we find in the world because the Bible says that knowledge puffeth up. The Bible says there are some that uh, profess themselves to be wise, but they're fools. But a man or a woman who has true wisdom has it in the spirit of meekness. Look in verse number 13. It says, who is wise and who is endued with knowledge. You can have knowledge without wisdom, but you must have wisdom to use knowledge correctly. You ever seen somebody that's got all the knowledge in the world? I, I, it's comical to me, to be honest with you, being a preacher. and I have uh, people every now and then ask me questions, and they won't know about what the seventh seal of the third tribulation periods or something like that or they're like what well, do you think this uh, has to do with the desolation of this or whatever and I'm like you need to go to church on Sunday <laughs> you don't even go to church they got some knowledge but they ain't excuse me I, I use this expression they ain't got no wisdom and what they've got is they've got some information but it is not profitable it is not a working knowledge you ever now and then sometimes in, in the field of the, the world, not just in godly wisdom, but you meet somebody who can tell you about everything about their job and everything about your job, but they don't know how to do either. That's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. And so here he says this. He says, if you're going to have knowledge, you have to have wisdom to understand it. I said to you in James chapter number 3 and verse number 1, it says this. It says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. And he says, Some people appear to be smart. They say something, but it's just words. And I'll say this to you. Knowledge enables us to take things apart. But wisdom enables us to put them back together. <laughs> Sometimes you can have an analytical mind and a thought process, but what we really need is the wisdom of God. Uh, you ever heard somebody say this about somebody, he's too smart for his own good? Or we say it this way, uh, they, ain't, they ain't smart enough to get in out of the rain. Or we, we, <laughs> or we say his, uh, his learning has increased his ability, surpassed his ability. You ever met somebody like that? Well, that's what the Bible's talking about. There are people that, you know, they got all this information and they can't do anything with it. But notice the, this right here. Notice the little word, good conversation. Now, one of the preachers that we had in, I don't remember if it was Saturday night or, or, or Sunday morning, mentioned this word conversation. The Bible word conversation is just not what you say, but it is your whole manner of life. It is your whole way of being. He says this, that if you truly have wisdom in verse number 13, it will show itself in good conversation of his words. You, you, you know one of the worst advices a dad can give a kid? Do what I say, don't do what I do. Are we, I mean, you understand that? We say, man, that's hypocritical. Well, that's what he's saying there. There's a crowd that says, man, I got wisdom, I got knowledge, but you can't tell it by the way I live. You can't tell it by anything that's going on in my life. One of the principles that I pastor a church with sometimes is this principle, I borrow wisdom. You say, what do you mean? I don't know everything about everything. 
Now, some of you are amazed that I actually said that, but I don't. So when it comes to certain fields, I ask people that know that it's exceeded, that have an understanding in that field, and you come to them and you ask them a, a question, say, well, how do you deal with this? And then you ask them a question, say, how do you deal with this? And then you take that information and you try to relate it to your circumstances. And here you find this. He says they have to have good conversation, their life in Agnes. And then notice this. And he says they're in good conversation with works. Notice this, with meekness of wisdom. Meekness is the Bible word meaning like strength under control or power under control. So the meekness, a wise man in the Bible is not the sage sewers that's sitting around saying, come here, let me tell you how smart I am. Come here, let me tell you how smart I am. He says, no, they have the meekness of wisdom. They have it under control, but they have their, their life under control. They have their words under control. The little idea of meekness, it's the same word used about putting a bit in a horse's mouth and, and guiding it. He says someone who has wisdom has their life in order, has their life under control. We live in a world today because of social media. Everybody thinks they're an expert. I have to admit something pretty funny. I, I have to say this. It was geared at preachers because they're guilty. And I saw it this week on Facebook. It said, some of you have retired from being a healthcare expert, and now you're a, now you're a, a foreign ambassador expert. <laughs> and so, so I said to you a few weeks ago when this last little uptick said, I said, I'm not a healthcare provider. I'm not a healthcare expert. I, I, I give you some wisdom from the Bible, and you make decisions. You talk to your doctor. I, I've never been in the military I've got an opinion, but I'm not a one that you're going to come to for wisdom. But if you're not careful, because of the social media platform, because of, everybody thinks they're an expert about everything, but it's one of those things, if you have to tell me how good you are, you're not very good. Now, I saw something today. I had the opportunity to preach for Brother Hooks last night, and I, I was driving back over the mountain, and, and uh, I almost drove back last night, and I thank the Lord I didn't because, man, that was some kind of storm. And as I drove back today, it was like every 10 feet, there's trees that they'd cut off, and there's piles of gravel in the uh, road where it washed down the bottom of them hills. And you say, did you have to go through the mountains? Well, to get from here to Hickory, you've got to go over a mountain some way. And so we come back today, and I, I saw this sign, and you'll have to forgive me for using this as an illustration, but it said, we do remodel work. Now, I don't know if you understand what's going on in the trades industry of today, but if you have almost any skill whatsoever, and you do reliable work, people's calling you, begging you to show up. Call for a plumber that you trust, an electrician you trust. Find a painter, find a drywaller, find somebody to do it. And it, when I drove by that sign, it was brand new. It was a brand new sign, hadn't been there long. I thought, I don't know if I'd call them. It's one of those things, if you've got to tell me how good you are, you're probably not. Well, that's what he's saying here about wisdom. The crowd that walks around says, I'm so smart, I'm so smart, I'm so smart, I'm so smart. You've got to listen to me, you've got to listen to me. But you look at their life and you think, man, their life's out of control. And they, they, I mean, their kids are out of control and their, their marriage is not what it should be. And they're, 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 everything in life is out of control. Then they don't understand the concept of the meekness of wisdom. 
Wisdom is one of those things that if a man has it, it has a control on him. Meekness is the right use of power. Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. And they go together. It is not just an attitude, but it is an action. And so here when you understand wisdom, people want to appear to be smart. But one of the things you, the Bible says here is look a little bit at their life, their lifestyle, their, their conversation. So you find the meekness of wisdom. Now notice the second thing with me, verse 14, 15, 16. You find what the Bible refers to here as earthly wisdom or wisdom that is not from above. Look in verse number 14. He says, but if they have envy, but if they have bitter envy, we'll talk about that in a minute, bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish, for where envy and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. Notice in verse number 15, it makes this statement real simple. He says, it's not from above. So I say this to you, so what doesn't come from above is not from God. In James chapter number one, he says this, that we get our gifts from above, the, the, the Father of lights. And we'll look at it in just a minute where there's no changing. But he says this, there is a wisdom, there is the world's way that appears wise, that appears smart, and, and if we're not careful, we follow it. You say, why do we follow it? I, I, I get ahead of myself. But you say, why do we follow it? Look at it in verse number 15. He says, because it is earthly, sensual, and devilish. You say, we follow it that way? Yeah, we follow it because that's, the, that's our three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. <laughs> and so when we're walking about, and, and uh, as I said to you uh, on Sunday, uh, about the thought, about the imagination of our hearts, as we walk about, we say, man, that makes sense. That makes sense to my flesh. That makes sense to my mind. And, and then we're following because it, it, it puffs us up and it makes us appear uh, smarter than we are. And he says the wisdom that is not from God is earthly and it is sensual and it is devilish. And living naturally is living demonically. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. Sensual is what you can see, feel, and touch. Sensual in this sir, is, is an understanding of living out of the senses. You say, what's the dangers of that? It's the exact opposite of faith. It's naturalism. It's rationalism, which leads to humanism because it puts the human intellect and emotion above everything else. And if we live only on what we see, then we're living this way. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. In verse number 18, the Bible says this, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved is the power of God. Verse number 20, Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made the foolish? Has not God made the foolish? I'm sorry. Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? And so the smartest, brightest thing in the world, the Bible says that God has confounded it. He's made it foolish. Look in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 and verse number 14. It says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. A lost man will never have true biblical wisdom. Oh, they may have some smart sayings and they may have a neat way to fix a fence, but they don't have wisdom that makes a difference in your life. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. 
Go there with me as we walk back toward our text. See, there is always this battle between the natural man and the spiritual man, between the carnal and between the spiritual. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 and verse number 44, the Bible says this, it is, sown, it is sown a natural body and it is raised a spiritual body. He says, and there's a natural body and there's a spiritual body. And he's, he's speaking here in the context of the resurrection and what will happen to the body. But he says, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last man, Adam, was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not the first which is spiritual, but that which is natural and after that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy, and the second man, the second is, is the Lord from heaven. And I ask you a question today. Here's my question today. Why would we listen to fallen man's wisdom when the Bible says it only comes from the earth? Go back with our text with me in, 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 in uh, James chapter number 3. You say, here's the problem listening to lost men give you life advice is they can't give you spiritual advice. They can't even understand it. Says, they said their, their mind can't even comprehend how it's to happen. I will say this to you. Man's fallen nature is opposed to the new nature that's given by God. James chapter number 3, you found your place back there? So what is this? Now, now look, it's one of these things I'm about, what we're about to read to you if you pick up the newspaper. Some people say, man, that old book's archaic and all those these and thous. It's just out of date. And it's, but I'm about to tell you. Well, we're talking about man's wisdom versus God's wisdom. It's right here. It's, it's if you went right now and, and clicked on a website for CNN or for Fox News or for any of them, you're about to see it. Notice what man's wisdom is. Look, what, what, what does man's wisdom produce? Look in verse number 14. But if you have bitter envy, <laughs> bitterness is the, is the retaliation and the anger. The Bible warns us about a root of bitterness. If a root of bitterness, it'll defile us and it'll defile everything around us. And one of the ways that you know you have bitter, bitterness is because you have envy. Envy is the concept of selfish ambition and zeal. It's the idea of promoting ourselves. The wisdom of this world exalts man and it robs God of the glory. And he says the wisdom of the world has bitter, bitterness and has envying. And then it says this, it has strife. You say, what's strife? <laughs> well, you look it up, do a word study yourself. The, the word strife literally means a party spirit. <laughs> and the illustration is used for a political campaign out canvassing for votes. That's literally what the word strife here is. And, and, and you watch it happen and you say, well, that's what's happening in the world. They're trying to divide this group versus this group. They're trying to divide this race versus this race. And they're trying to divide uh, liberal versus conservative. And they're trying to, to divide everything. And now uh, with the, the pandemic, they're trying to divide groups even more. And what you have here is the whole concept of strife upon strife. And if you don't agree with me, you're an idiot. And if, I, and if you don't listen, to me then you're stupid and and we say that and that's that's bible says that's worldly wisdom that is the offspring of earthly sensual devilish wisdom what's the bible way 
Philippians says this, let nothing be done through strife and vainglory. Let each one esteem the others better than themselves. Read on down there with me. He says this, he says, it's bitter and envy and strife in your hearts. Then he says this, glory not. You know, I, the pride concept. Pride in the Bible is never a positive word. As a matter of fact, the Bible says these, I, I preached on Sunday night, these six things that the Lord hate, a proud look. God says he resisteth the proud. He literally stiff arms the proud like a, like a running back would trying to get to the corner to bust a big place. He says, I'm keeping that away from me. And he says, he says, glory not. The right way to, to, God's, to God's blessing is not a, a matter of glorying or boasting. Notice it says this. He says, envy, strife, glory. And then he says this, lie not against the truth. <laughs> Boy, if that ain't the world we live in. He said, what's a lie? A lie is anything that ain't 100% true. You say lying, lying, you notice this, the envy and the strife and the bitterness is where it starts. And then, and then to boost yourself or to, to make yourself look good, that is often where the lie comes in. Someone said it this way, it is that step, ambition, where they want, what, they want to appear a certain way. And then there is the, the party line and us versus them. And then that leads to boasting. And boasting often includes lying. You say, what do you mean by that? We call it, we, let me just say these two words and you'll understand it. A fish story. You say, what do you mean? I mean, it was this big, you know. And we joke about it, and uh, we do. But you want me to tell you what it is in today's world? It is the falsification of how we portray our lives. We portray our lives like everything is perfect. It's the, and I don't even have one of these accounts, but it is the Instagram society. That everything is from the perfect angle and the perfect lighting and, and my little picture-perfect family. And, and, you know, I got a friend of mine who I like him, but he, he's, he's, he, he's portraying himself like a fitness expert. And, and, and I, I like him, but he, he's, he's, he's probably 50 pounds heavier than I am. And he's talking about how, and I'm like to myself, don't portray yourself like you're there yet. Say, look, I'm working on myself a little bit. But to, you know what I'm saying is, and what we've got is, look, we've got the world. The world's wisdom today is this. All they care about is what is portrayed. And that's the concept of it. They want to portray like they have it all together. And they have worldly wisdom. And, and they're envying and strife. And, and then, but it ends with the concept of this lying. And look in verse number 16. What does that lead to? For where there's envy and strife, there is confusion. <laughs> Disorder. I don't know where I got this statement, but it's in my notes, and I, I think it's true. Disorder that comes from instability. <laughs> See, worldly wisdom will always produce trouble because it produces jealousy, competition, parting spirit, and they all contribute to trouble. And the Bible goes on to say this right here, it's an evil work. It's worthless. It's no count. Now that's, look, 
That's what we're watched. That's what we're watching. And I don't mean just in the last year. I mean that's really the way the world's wisdom has gone forever. It's always a, I'm smarter than you and you've got to come to my point and, and then I'm going to say whatever I got to. We, we make this statement to somebody. There's a friend of mine who, who I, if he told me this carpet was blue, I'm not sure I'd believe him. I should say he's an acquaintance of mine. Some of you are wondering about my friendship. And when I say the person's name to all his friends, they make this statement. They say, oh, he's a politician. Now, he's not elected in office. I'm not talking about a civil servant. They say he's a politician. What they mean by that is he'll say whatever he needs to with whoever he's around at that moment. To, they'll tell you exactly what you want to hear. And that's the world's wisdom. They don't want the truth from God. They don't want meekness. They don't want life under control. They want it to appear like they want to and say whatever they want to say. That's the difference between earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom. Notice the third thing with me quickly, and we, we better hasten on, is heavenly wisdom. Look at verse number 17. It says, For the wisdom that is from above, notice this, it's pure. First of all, it's from above. James 1.17 says, Every good gift cometh from above. And it cometh from the Father, pure, it's chaste, it's free from defilement. It, it, the, God's wisdom always leads to a pure life. I get sick and tired of people telling me they pray about something that is a contrary to this book. That's not asking, that's, man, that's man's wisdom. Then it says this, and it says they're gentle, they're peaceable. Peaceable means no competition or rivalry. Gentle means they're reasonable. You, there's moderation with compromise. It says they're easily entreated. They're easy to live with and work with. They can disagree without being disagreeable. They have mercy. They're full of mercy. The full of mercy is not the amount of mercy they have. Full of mercy has to do with the, they're controlled by mercy. They say, thereby by the grace of God go I. They say, well, they're just not where I'm at yet, but I'm still praying God will, would use them. It's the same concept when we say we're to be filled with the Spirit of God. It has to do with being controlled by the Spirit of God. It says, and not only that, they have good fruits. Uh, faithful people are always fruitful people. And then it says this, without partiality and without hypocrisy, without, without the wavering, without the double-mindedness, without the, the falseness. And you find this, that's this, they're living without schemes. But notice quickly in verse number 18, and we're out of time, it says this, and the fruit of the righteous is sown in peace of them that make peace. It's interesting. Wisdom is the seed, but fruit is always produced. And in the fruit is always more seeds. Someone said this way, it's a serious thing to be a troublemaker in God's family. You find the principle of sowing and weeping. You know, there's some people, listen to me, and you say some people. Let me rephrase this. Everybody in this room has this same problem at different times in their life. They don't care what it costs as long as they're, as long as they're right. <laughs> yeah, my wife is here with me, so I have to be careful what I say. I'm no, I am no, like, perfect husband by any means. But I can say that early in my life, I didn't really care as long as I was right. Would you say that's true, honey? She just smiled. <laughs> For sake of illustration, let's assume that I was like that. And see, that's not, look, 
That's not using wisdom. That's not using, look, strength under control. That's not using the peaceable fruit of righteousness. I will say this to you, and this is, a, this is the conclusion of the whole thing. You ready? Wisdom always leads to righteousness. Wisdom always leads to righteousness. You say, what's righteousness? Righteousness is simply right living, being right with God and right with others. Wisdom always leads that way. Proverbs says this way, only by pride cometh contention. Now, what do they want? They want envying, strife. They want it all split up, and then they want to say, I'm the wise one, come listen to me. And God says, no, that's not... That's, that's sensual, that's devilish. God says, no, true wisdom comes down from above. It makes a difference in your life. And look, and it eventually produces peace and righteousness in your life. I want you to bow with me in prayer.